Welcome to a brand new episode of Views of the Next Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I'd like to thank y'all all for tuning in. It's each and every week I bring out an episode of Somebody Talking About Their Ex. And this week is episode 37, and it features my longtime friend Khadijah, who is a Brooklyn native and has decided to come all the way to the Bronx to visit me to do an episode. Now, she's been asking me to be on my podcast for a long time, and I've been pushing it to the side because I wanted to do it in person after this pandemic was over. But Khadijah couldn't wait. She came all the way to the Bronx to get this episode done. And we did that. She tells the story of a situation that she was in from the age of 13 all the way to adulthood. Now, I'm not going to lie. I thought Khadijah was going to come in here man bashing, talking shit about the person, everything, just all negative. But it was a total opposite. She takes full accountability for her actions and tells a great story about how they met and how it went downhill. Like, I was surprised. Couldn't lie. But let's jump into the episode featuring Khadijah. And please like, follow, subscribe. Share this podcast with a friend, co-worker, family member. Go to viewsofnx.com, purchase a shirt or two, and just keep supporting like y'all been supporting. I'll see y'all next week. Thank you. Bye. Still healing, please wait. I love that. Yeah, that's my new um, little thingy stencil I'm gonna make. I'm gonna put it on the sidewalks, and it's gonna say "Views of an X." So when people take a picture, it'll show my at name. You know, that's dope. Yeah, thank you. That's very dope. Pass me some sanitizer, please, because this is about to be a dirty episode. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get ready for this one. <laughs> what? This is not gonna be a dirty episode. You need some more wine, because are you trying? You try. Yeah. You are trying to get me to be uncensored. I'm trying to be respectful. <laughs> respectful. Now, I have... I've known you how long? Over 10 years. Over 10 years. So, I've seen some of the people you dated. Yikes. Time. Wow. You just going to put and my shit out there? Yeah. So, I've seen some of these guys. Some were African. Some were... Yo! Haitian. <laughs> some were... Yeah, all races. You, know, you don't discriminate. I'm an equal <laughs> opportunity. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're here. So you've been hounding me to come on this show. Wow, I've been hounding you, though? For months to come on this show. I've been hounding you, though? A little bit. Wow. A little bit. So I was like, First of all, right. because I felt like I had a story to tell. Yeah, I feel that. And you you know? came all the way to the Bronx. This is my first live podcast since the pandemic. You just came back from a trip. She's tanned up. She ain't <laughs> she ain't take a two weeks quarantine. So she's probably gave me not true. Oh my god. What? <laughs> but you're here. You're on views of an ex podcast. You're about to talk about an ex. Mm. I wouldn't even call him an ex. I would say it was <laughs> it, in the in the words of August, it was more of like an entanglement. An entanglement? Yeah. All right, so you're here to talk about your entanglement with someone, mm. and I know this person personally, so right? Gonna, and it's how I actually met you. So, yeah. so we out know of each all other. the people you've dated, why did you choose this guy? Um, no, before we even get to that, mm. what's the fake name you would like to give your ex? Either I could give him one, you could give him one, you could give him one. Ah, uh, the name I would like to give him is Bobby. Bobby. That is a really weird and corny yeah. ass name, but that's okay. <laughs> so We're going to work with Bobby. That. Bobby. For okay. the rest of the show. 
Hey, okay. Out of all the people you, you've been with, right? You've dated, mm-hmm. have full relationships with. Why you chose this guy and entanglement? Um, Because Bobby was a part of my life, like, in the beginning. Like, we met each other when we were kids. And... We kind of, we were kind of off and on in our friendships. Actually, we met on Black Planet as mm. kids. <laughs> Wait, before you get there, but I'm just, I want to know why you chose him. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I chose him because he's a part of, well, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, he's yeah. a part of a big portion of my growth between my 20s. He's a part of my 20s. All right. And essentially, like, my teens. And so this this story, like, a lot of people don't really know. Mm-hmm. I don't really speak about it. Um, but he was a part of my life for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And we had such, for me, I can't say for him, but for me, it was it was a traumatic experience in the sense that, you know, a lot of things went down. And... I never spoke about it, so. All right. So you chose Bobby. <laughs> so I like to let everybody know who the guest is. Your name is Khadija. Hello. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, man. I am reinventing myself. But back then, I would have said that I am a singer-songwriter. I still am a singer-songwriter. Um, I'm still a struggling singer-songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> But these days, I would have to say that I'm more of like an innovative, creative, but really open, healing, uh, what else? Introspective and really fucking talkative person. So Talkative? Yeah. All right. It's, I have to see this. But you don't think I'm talkative? You just play the cut. <laughs> you're silent and you give your smiles. You were socially awkward. Growing up. Yeah, so, definitely was. I don't know. Well, that's I mean, what I you, said. When you, get to know a per- when you get to know the person, yeah, you're talking to Well, th- I'm extremely observant. All right, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But, All right. Yeah. So you are rebranding yourself, you find yourself. Rebranding, now. reinventing myself, and which is why this, this story is so important, because in order, I feel personally, like, to rebrand and to reinvent myself, I got to go back to the past. All right. And I so, got to place the, the band-aids and the, the Andy ointment where it needs to go in order yeah. for me to move forward. All right. So let's do that. Yeah. Where did this relationship start? How long ago was it? And yeah. Shit. Okay. So I'm 31. Sheesh. <laughs> oh. So I know you said, dang. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What? We All met right. when we were, when. I was in college. I was 21. All right. So I was, was 20. Like 11 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Damn, we've been friends that long. Yeah. That's wild. Um, <laughs> you right. still like me? That's like, we're still cool, but that's know. crazy. You, I mean, you, that's you, to be de- determined, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I met him when I was 13. He was 15. I oh, know. This is young love. All yeah. right. <laughs> you, you said Black Planet. So, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I met him when I was 13 online on blackplanet.com. Now, was it like those, because um, back in the day, you had the AIM yeah. chats, and you had Black Planet, it was the ASL? You yes. Did the AS- you started with the ASL? Yes, we really started with the ASL. What did, <laughs> what did you say and what did he say? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't, I remember my name, 
My name on it was Caramel Coco Deja. Please don't. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. No comment. Please just don't. I don't remember what his was. But yeah, yeah, he was like, um, he is from upstate New York and he's 15 and whatever. We started like going back and forth on Black Planet and then on MySpace at the time. And then we exchanged numbers and we just became kind of like, phone pals just because we were kids yeah um it wasn't until that i was like 18 so from 13 to 18 you still knew each other I'm still yeah cool. i mean we were off and on we yeah. were off and on between those years off but and on in what way like y'all will see each other no nah, we would we actually never saw each other up until i was like 17 or 18 Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. I was in high school when I first met him, but um, like in person. But we always kept in contact with each other through phone. So what was it about him that was intriguing that that caught your attention? As a kid? Oh, man. Shit. This is about to get really deep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As a kid, I always felt like invisible because I have, I guess I have that middle child syndrome where... My parents were like really on my older brother and my younger brother. So Mm -hmm. I used to have like a lot of time to myself. And so when I got on Black Planet, it was more primarily for me to make friends and stuff like that. So when Bobby came along, he just was like a breath of fresh air and he was just so damn friendly. (laughs) And he just made me feel like, I guess I mattered. Like he saw me and he, he used to like, say like really nice things to me and I took those things to heart so I never forgot him um and yeah so when y'all first met how was that how did it come about and it was really bad oh my god (laughs) okay so he drove down from upstate New York all the way to Bed-Stuy because that's where I lived and grew up um and obviously you know I've never seen him before Besides through AIM and through Black Planet and MySpace. So he came down um, and he met me on Broadway Junction. I remember this like it was yesterday. Broadway Junction, where is that, Queens? In Brooklyn. In in Bed-Stuy. I know nothing about Brooklyn. Sorry. It's okay. So he was like, yeah, I'm parked out wherever, da-da-da. So I walked out. I saw him. And I was like, damn, he does not look like his pictures. I know. And it was like, (laughs) and another thing is at the time, I was so into the whole bad boy thing that Bobby just, he just was not, he's not a bad boy and he still isn't. He's He's actually a really great guy. And so... When I saw him in person and I was like, damn, his pants is not sagging. <laughs> Yo, it was a hood rat. Right. <laughs> I definitely was. I, I definitely was. And so, yeah, that kind of went left and he picked up on it kind of intuitively. Like, so oh. the energy didn't match when you first seen each other? No. So do you feel like it was a waste of all those years getting to know this person? It wasn't a waste. It was just more of like, Oh, he's not what I expected. Mm -hmm. But then I was too young to be like, well, what the fuck do I expect? You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. We kind of just drifted apart from that point on. And then... 
After like, your first time meeting him, y'all ain't going on a date, nothing? Nothing. It was just like, let me see. It was He came, I met him, we chatted a little bit. But because he picked up on whatever vibes I was giving him, he was just like, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, I got to go to, I think his grandmother lived in Queens. He was going there and he was like, yo, I'm going to just head out or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. And after that point, like I left and we didn't talk for some months, maybe even some years. And that was on your part? On my part. On both of so our you parts. Fi- so you ghosted him. I kind of, I did. I did. Wow. I ghosted him out of this fake perception of what I thought he was. Yeah. And then, and then I was young. I was like, what, 17? So we stopped talking for a little bit. And then we started talking maybe a year or two later. And um, he always knew that I could sing. I always, you know, he knew that part of my life. And um, he one day told me, like, I have a studio and I'm actually doing music now. And he sent me some of his early songs and those shits was amazing Mm -hmm. so I was like what this is crazy like I didn't even know I always knew first of all (laughs) this is gonna be really embarrassing yeah he used to write well not embarrassing but he used to write poems and he used to send me poems when we were kids and I would you know I was like well that's dope because I like to write or whatever Mm -hmm. but the how he transitioned into music was just it was kind of crazy for me and um he was like, you know, you should come to, you should come to Albany. You should come upstate and come see my studio, and you know, let's talk about music because I got some things going on, and maybe you could be a part of it. All right, but and trying to be with you or nothing like that. You, you nothing. Any... It was straight platonic. Why was it? His mindset was platonic, like business. Um. Or was it? It was more mutual? so like. It was more so like, you know, it's an old friend. It was those kind of vibes. Like, we're old friends. We're into the same things. Let's see if we can pick up kind of where we left off kind of All thing. Right, wait. So, you ghosted him, right? Uh-huh. And you never spoke about that? Like, not speaking? We spoke about it very briefly, but I lied and said, oh, I don't remember what the lie I told him, honestly. Yeah. But I lied about it. But the real reason why I was just like... Oh, like, I guess my vibes were off when we met is because he wasn't what I expected. Mm. And I never told him. I never told him that. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he picked up on that. And so you played him. Kind of. And then he we we spoke here and there or whatever throughout the years, but it was never in the same consistency of how we were speaking when we were much younger. So we would check up on each other, see how we were doing. He always had a girlfriend. That boy always had a damn girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> what about on your side? He wasn't dating anyone like during the time the time span. Yeah, wasn't talking. Um, I wasn't really dating. I yeah, I wasn't really dating. I didn't really have a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I was just being. I don't know. Yeah, other uh, entanglements? <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. I was just, I don't know, like focusing on music and Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do with my life, hanging out, 
talking to boys, but not really anything serious. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. So when y'all reconnected, um, how was that? So I took a bus to Albany and he came to pick me up. And I don't know what it was, (laughs) but all of a sudden the nigga looked dreamy to me. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) And you don't know what it was? I don't know. Maybe it was the fact that, you know, I had gotten older because this time when we met, I was like, I was 19. Yeah. And the last time we saw each other, I was either 16 or 17. I don't remember. I think I was 16. So was it like did media play a part in how you? It was more of the like environment. Like I was surrounded by hood niggas. All right. And if you knew me when I was in that age range, I was very, mm, excuse me, I was a hood bitch. Like, <laughs> I was, was a hood really? bitch. Yeah. I, that off from you. All right. I know. It's, yeah. I'm very whimsical, but I was a hood bitch with a very, like, um, proper voice. So yeah. I used to always get made fun of. But I used to hang out in the trap houses. I used to walk. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, you know, know people and I would just sit in the trap houses, watch them cut up cocaine yeah. and stuff. I used to be a, like around that. So yeah. the idea of the kind of guy I wanted came from that. What about um, your parents? Did they, were they, did you get any examples of love from them? Like, oh, you finna get, so this story is, this is more like some psychological, yeah, like, you, therapist shit. If you're shit. seeing what you like <laughs> in men through your environment, yeah. what was your mother and father showing? Okay, so, I see where you're getting at. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a hood nigga was so appealing to me because of the feeling of safety. Right. And because my father wasn't really around. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I wanted, if I was going to date a guy, I wanted to, to know that I would be safe around him. And hood niggas, to me, was just like, hey, you can't get any safer than that. You know See? what I'm saying? Yeah, right. A lot of women think like you. That's, that's why it's always that next step. It's like, if the father in mm-hmm. her life is not showing an example of love, then yeah. it's the next step. It's example. classic yeah, daddy like issues. A, classic yeah, yeah, daddy yeah. issues. And I definitely had them. All right. So, um, and I still do, but, you know, these are things that I'm more conscious of when it comes to me dating and mm-hmm. forming relationships with men. Now I'm more conscious of the kind of man that I want to be with as opposed gotcha. to the kind of man that I'm triggered to be with, if that makes sense. You're triggered to be with? Yeah, like you gotta explain that one. <clears throat> like um, through my own like, or through anybody's trauma, mm-hmm. you end up trauma bonding with another person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens all the so, time. So yeah. yeah, so based off of those triggers, those are the people that you end up choosing mm-hmm. because you're fulfilling whatever pain or hole or void that you have. Based off of those triggers. Yeah, so, right all right. Yeah. Um, and because I'm much older now, I'm, I'm much more aware and I've had a fair share of heartbreak. I'm much more aware of like, okay, it's the fact that I'm lonely that I'm going after this nigga or I'm mm-hmm. even letting this nigga entertain me or whatever. That so, happens, yeah. 
Yeah. So for him, it was just like, he was a wild card. Like, he wasn't what I wanted at the time. Mm -hmm. But seeing him again when I got to Albany, he was different. And he was also older at the time. Yeah, yeah. Also, so. All right. So you've seen seen Bobby and... He was more dreamy to you. Was it his appearance or his attitude? His it was his vibe. Persona? All right. All it right. was his vibe. He was much more confident in who he was. Mm-hmm. And he was just, I mean, he was always confident, even as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I don't know. It was just his vibe. Like, he was just different to me. And then the fact that I heard him do music and it was actually dope. Yeah, yeah. That was just like, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could really, really connect to him on a different level. Gotcha, gotcha. So, did you express that change of heart? Never. Never? So, how did you go about it? Because <clears throat> <laughs> I always say, women don't know how to shoot their shot. And they probably never will if they don't. You know what? Women are, <laughs> in these times, women are definitely shooting their shots. But, I'm talking but about, back then, it's no. horrible sometimes. They shoot yeah. their shot now a little bit, but. They don't know how to. They yeah. like your picture three times and then like, oh, yeah, I shot my shot. <laughs> it's because oh, traditionally yeah. a lot of women still believe that a man should be a hunter, which I believe that too. But it's like also social media and the times that we're in, it makes it very hard yeah, yeah. to communicate. That's true too. So it's like, uh. All right. So how did you show this change of heart? What was you doing? What was Give, give some examples. Um... It kind of just flowed. So at the time, like when I got up there, even before I got up there, I had seen, you know, through us being off and on and talking, I had seen that he had a girlfriend, but I didn't pay that no mind. I was just like, how did you see it? He he's when he was in a relationship, he used to post his girlfriend a lot. All right. right, Like he was very open about him being in a relationship and having people know that. All right. So I would see his pictures of his girlfriend pretty much all the time and I'm just like oh okay whatever because I know him like well I knew him like he's somebody who would jump from one relation one long ass relationship to the other so this was just like in his habit yeah so whatever I saw that and and so we still kept it super platonic or whatever so got up there you know we were vibing talking about music i was listening to his beats i was listening all of these things kind of made me fall so much harder and so much quicker than i expected because i felt like i connected to him and he mm-hmm. connected to a part in me gotcha so him you know us being in the studio and in his home studio we were just chatting, we were making music. I actually recorded one of my first professionally recorded songs with him. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. So he was in there hitting different type of high notes <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Basically, the 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 recording booth got some business. I think the recording booth was pregnant by that, you know. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it was off energy. Yeah, it was off energy. And I guess that pent up um, pet pressure that we both felt from being kids of, of liking each other, but never taking it to that next step. Yeah. Um, 
that kind of played a part into that too. So where was your mindset after doing the do in the studio? I was like, I'm in love. Like, what? I am in love. Really? And I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Because I didn't come up, I didn't go upstate for that. I came up there really to handle my business and make some music with my friend. But after that point, everything changed. Mm. And our interactions became a lot more personal. And Even though he had a girlfriend. Even though he had a girlfriend. And you didn't care about that. I did at first. No, I didn't. No, I ain't even gonna lie. <laughs> I didn't. So him, you said he was very um, on like showing his girlfriend. Yeah. So you will see these pictures he'll post. Yeah, he even had will... pictures of her in the studio, of them together. And this didn't... And it didn't phase me. And I, I think it's because of that, of having seen him with so many women over the years, mm-hmm. that I'm just like, oh, she's just another whatever. It's not even that deep, like... You know, so it didn't phase me. So you thought me. it wouldn't last that long with this person and that you'll have your shot? I didn't even go as far to think of having a shot. I just thought of, like, the girlfriend doesn't matter to me. All right, all right, all right. I became a glorified side bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> in all honesty, I became a glorified side bitch. All right. So, yeah. All right. And from there, what was that? relationship like like what so was he, what, how, how did mm-hmm. he how do you think he took it after like i can tell that he was becoming equally emotionally attached to me as i was to him all right and the fact that we started we did <laughs> we did that the first time that i came up there to his studio it kind of set the tone for what our relationship was going to be thereafter, especially when he formulated that the entire music group that you became a part of Mm -hmm. and how I met you and everybody else. um, That up and down, um, emotionally driven decisions became, it set the tone for what the shit was going to be and how the shit was going to hit the fan. Gotcha, a year gotcha. and a half later. Like, I, when I first met you, mm-hmm. I, I, so I met Bobby through his girlfriend that you're speaking of, right? Oh, yeah. True, true, true. All right. So <laughs> that's how we met because I had class with his girlfriend at the time. And yeah. when you came along, it was like a weird thing seeing you together. But it just seemed like it was something of the past because he had a current girlfriend, like you said. Right, right, right. And it was like, but your vibe was different. It was like you, like I, like you knew he was yours when he was in his presence. Yeah, yeah. That so, was literally my glorified side bitch presence. Like I was just like, I don't care about his girlfriend. Yeah. Because I've been here, and I'm gonna be here. Mm. So. The, the fact that you, you know, detail that is right on point. That's exactly what it is that I felt. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. This is a weird story. I All know. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. So, he still has a girlfriend. He still has a girlfriend. You're doing, y'all both doing your thing. We're still messing around, but we're still also making a lot of business moves. So, the, the reason why this story is so important for me is because as I take inventory 
of where my life has been, especially where I'm going right now. I'm mm-hmm. getting back into the music arena. I really do got to take a look at how I started. Gotcha. And for me, like when I look back on the situation, I'm just like, you were a dumbass. Like, <laughs> you? You <laughs> yeah. said that to yourself? Yeah. Like I completely screwed up an opportunity that was handed to me on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. Because how did, you, how did you screw that up? How how you think you screwed it because up? Because of my ego. Like I I don't know if you remember, but he and I used to have like personal spats and then it would spill over to our business meetings. But what would those spats be about? That's what I wanted to get to. It would be it would be like I don't know. It wasn't even anything like serious. It would just be like he'll say something and I'll be like, I don't like the way that you said that. And it's while we're talking about the making a compilation album or while we're talking about a, an idea for the for the music and for the group and for the team and all of that. Like it would just spill over into that. And so because we were making a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. Like it's great when I think about it, having started with Bobby was the start of was the true start of my music and me professionally pursuing music. Yeah, yeah. Because we had access to so much people, so much yeah. resources, because Bobby is somebody he's really good with people. Uh-huh. And he's also extremely talented. Yeah. And meeting people and you know, meeting people, making friendships, making new relationships was nothing for him. So we, as you know, we've met people that are now big timers in the industry, but mm-hmm. were just little producers back then that we was just fucking with. So yeah. when I think about all of that and and I think about like the resources that I was literally, that was just at my feet, I'm like, how did I fuck this up? And I fucked it up with my ego. Oh, Plain and simple. Taking accountability. That's good. I mean, yeah, you got to. Yeah. You got to. So So your ego got in the way. Yeah. Um My ego got in the way because <laughs> of that vibe that you perfectly described. Yeah. I was getting super emotional about our connection and he had a girlfriend. And so that became complicated as hell. Like there would be times where I come up to record a song and he would just have to step out and speak to his girlfriend and yeah. I would get upset and, you know, we'd argue about that oh. and then we'd go back to the music. Now, was y'all still doing your thing in between? We were still, yeah. It would be like makeup. Business <laughs> and pleasure. Bus- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was oh. a lot of pleasure and it was a lot of business too, and yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think he spoiled you? Was it like for the, with the music? Spoiled me. Um, like he was coming up recording. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably yeah. not coming out of pocket. Right, like, right. He gave me, and I've said this to him recently. He gave me a huge opportunity. Spoiling, I wouldn't say spoiling. I would say it was more like a blessing yeah. because I got a taste of what the industry is really like if I was going to actually pursue it. Like these are the things that I have to have access to in order to professionally pursue a music career. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, it was just readily available to him 
um, and he just shared it with me, it was more of like a blessing, I would say. Gotcha. But I'm pretty sure y'all probably felt like this fucking diva. <laughs> yeah, at times. Because my attitude was crazy. So no, It wasn't just, like we got used to you. <laughs> it was the fact that we all had, we was all coming up. Yeah. And we all had a goal to get to. Right. But for you, you just wanted just stuff recorded. You wanted beats from us. Yeah. But we wasn't getting nothing from you. Right. I was very, um, what's the word? Entitled. Entitled. I was very entitled. Um, and I guess I was, I felt very entitled to all of his resources too. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, that kind of spilled over into our group, our team too. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure at, at points he became torn of like, you know, you know, these are my these, these are my team members, but I know her like, yeah, you know, what I'm saying. And he had to vouch for me. I've definitely been present before where he's he's had to vouch for me in our business meetings, talking about whatever. Yeah. And y'all would just be looking at me like. <laughs> not like that. No, that was not like that. We not no malice, but like it was yeah. just like, oh, OK, like, you know. So mainly, so it wasn't no like typical dates, y'all going out, hanging out. It was mainly music. Music and fucking. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's fast forward just a little bit. So this was just music and fucking. Yeah. Where did y'all mainly clash at? Mainly clash. We clashed at... You said the whole him having a girlfriend. Him having a girlfriend. And I think I became so arrogant at the point where I was just like, why don't you leave your girlfriend? Really? I believe so. Like, if I'm thinking about how I used to be, I'm pretty sure I've I've hinted or I've said straight up, like, why don't you leave your girlfriend? Wow. And yeah, things got really freaking weird and very, it it became so, the entanglement became so entangled. Like, <laughs> Yo, this, I hate this word, but all right. Me too, but yeah. this shit is the perfect word for this shit. Yeah. So, um, like, it became so wild. Like, he would pick up his girlfriend, and then he'd drop her off and then come pick me up. Some really wild shit. I mean, you knew he had a, a girlfriend. I like, did. I did. But to me, at that point, you I felt was like just it was like... Wrong. I was like, I'm, it's me, Bobby. Like, what the fuck? So you like, thought the pussy was going to change his mind? I definitely thought this. And I thought that our connection was going to supersede what he had with his girlfriend. But do you think as a man, right? Uh-huh. Remember, you said you ghosted him. Right. And you played him. Mm-hmm. You don't think he kept that in the back of his mind? Like he I'm pretty sure he you, did. I'm like, pretty sure he did. He viewed you differently after. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he as a matter of fact, he mentioned that. He was like, You ain't even want me. So and now you want All right. me. Yeah. So <laughs> Mike Jones you like he, he, pre- he pretty much want... did. Yeah. He pretty much did. Um so yeah, like you was expecting to change his mind with I sex was expecting and... to I was not only with sex, but with just our connection because besides that like we built a real friendship yeah there was no it was just strictly platonic we got to really know each other so i thought that with us having that foundation Mm -hmm. and then on top of that building a music team 
and working professionally with each other, that that was going to turn into something much more. Gotcha. So you had this whole fantasy in your head. In my fucking head. Different mindset. He was just like, what was your, um, (laughs) what was your view on his girlfriend? Oh man. Um, his girlfriend to me, she was really sweet. Like I could give it to her Mm because even just how he would talk about her, really sweet, really like homegrown, Mm -hmm. um, I guess wifey material at that time. She was very innocent. And even when I was, you know, we would chit chat about her, you would say the same thing. Like she's super, like she's super cool. Yeah. And she's very chilled. And I think that, not that I think, my own woman intuition says that she knew what was going on. Damn. She she must have known what was going on because the her timing of when she would call him got really <laughs> exact, especially when I was there. So and then that's funny. yeah, I know. And then there was a time that we went <laughs> what was that time we went to her dorm? We went to your dorm. Yeah, I was about to say. What? Right, right, right. We went to your dorm. I stayed with you yeah. in your dorm. He went to his girlfriend's dorm. And then... Oh, that I remember that. It was yeah. Pat came up. That was uh-huh. our first time meeting Pat. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. And right. it was messy as fuck. <laughs> Why was it messy? I don't, I don't know the backstory. Because he left his girlfriend to come back to the dorm where I was. I don't remember if we had sex, but I don't, yeah, don't judge me. Don't judge me. This is what happens when you grow up in Best Eye. You just become a little bird and then. My own dorm. All right. I can't remember, yeah. I, but it's quite possible. Um, but that's how messy situations used to get with us. Super fucking messy. But um, I do believe that she knew. And the reason why I feel like she knew is because, so I didn't tell him this story. I told you this story, uh-huh. but um, back in 2018, mind you, I've, the whole situation ended between it. We got to go back to how it ended. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, tell you. Um, we'll go back to that. But the confirmation that I got that she knew was that I actually saw her in 2018. And how it played out was crazy. Super Mm -hmm. fucking crazy. I went into the mall. I had some things to return or whatever. And I'm online to return these things. And I hear, next. My head is still in my phone. I wasn't really, you know, paying attention and it wasn't until like I got to the counter that I picked up my head and started putting the shit that I had to return on the on the counter and it was her. Wow. Yeah. And we it was like three seconds of fucking silence. I swear to God, we just looked at each other and instantly I knew who she was and she <laughs> she knew who I was. Yo, it was the wildest shit. Yeah. And I was in my head. I was like, "That's right. 
that's good for you, you little bitch. <laughs> Why? Why is it good for her? Really? Not her, for me. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> I never, I never took responsibility for that situation. I never did. Mm-hmm. Which is why I never got... It took me years to get over that situation. And we'll go back and t- talk about how it ended. But that it was in that moment that I realized that the whole time she knew. The whole wow. time. But yeah, she was... And she was super professional. Yeah. She just kept it, you know. But I could tell that she was visibly upset. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to get the fuck out of the store. I was just like... <laughs> that was awkward. awkward. Awkward as hell. So, Yeah. So let's fast forward to where it went downhill. Yeah. Between there. Um, to be honest, it just kind of happened out of the blue. Because we, it was like we would argue, we would fight about something, we'd make up, and then we'd argue again. But you then, make up with sex? Not all the time. Sometimes we'll just be like, listen, you know, we got things to do. I still care about you. Let's just do this. Let's get over it. Whatever. All right. Um, but because our fighting was so consistent, I think that became a real issue for him. And as any man, because no man wants to argue with a bitch, right? (laughs) At all. all. Especially we got to focus on the task at hand. Right. Yeah. I don't want to argue with your side hoes. Like that's ridiculous. (laughs) That's what you got a girlfriend for. So, um, our fighting became so consistent. And it became so enmeshed with what was going on business-wise mm-hmm. that it became a lot. And y'all were stuck in the middle. <laughs> y'all I mean, was... I wasn't stuck in the middle. Y'all were definitely stuck in the middle because like, y'all would do things. It's like y'all started to move separate of me because of... The tension. The tension between us. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. So... And it's like one minute we were good and then y'all would be in the middle. And then next minute we weren't good and you, y'all would be like, what the fuck is going on now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so a lot of behind the scenes stuff. A lot, that, of, a lot of clashing. A lot of clashing. And um, yeah, so it kind of just happened like out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, yo, everybody wants you out of the team. Mm-hmm. Just straight up. And I was so stunned. And I think I reached out to everybody like, yo, this is, is this how y'all feel? And y'all were just like, well, we don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was fronting. Like, everybody wants you out of the team. He was just trying to hurt me, mm-hmm. but really try to get rid of the whole situation altogether. Um, and so that happened. And How did you take it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was one day that... First of all, that shit broke my heart because mm-hmm. it came from somebody that I trusted, mm-hmm. I loved, and it was also my fucking, my dream on the line. Yeah. And so all of that was taken away with in, within the same day. And that was really tough for me to deal with, really hard for me to deal with. And I couldn't understand why mm-hmm. at the time. I couldn't understand why. And um, I was just extremely depressed. After? After after that. With the group, like, the group, being out of the group. Me being out of the group, him and I talk, not talking anymore. And um, it's like, I, and even after that, I still tried to work with you guys, but y'all was on y'all own. 
yeah. man group thing wave that y'all weren't really, and you know, rightfully so because I didn't really form formulate a relationship with you guys the yeah. way that he did. So it was basically like whatever he said goes because y'all don't know me like that. Uh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, I was super depressed after that, and it was just really. It was hurtful. But I, instead of me communicating how hurtful it is and try to like piece things together and patch things up, mm-hmm. I became enraged. And I was just doing dumb shit. Like what? <laughs> like I was just doing petty shit. I don't remember. Towards what, him? Towards him. And he was doing petty shit to me. Like he wouldn't release the songs that I recorded with him. He was like, I needed paperwork for all of this oh, shit. shit. Yeah, it's it was business. wild. That it was, was wild. Yeah. yeah, it became, fuck the pleasure. It was like, this is all business. Mm-hmm. And so because I was so used to the dynamic of I'm getting what I want at the end of the day, I didn't think that he was going to do me like that. Now, what was you doing towards him? What was I doing? I can't remember. <laughs> it was whatever I felt in the moment. Yeah. Whatever I felt in the moment. Now, um, mm-hmm. you're Haitian, right? I am. Mm-hmm. You know that whole thing about Haitian voodoo. Oh right? my God. First of all, he is Jamaican. So I don't know about Jamaican voodoo, but I know Haitian voodoo. Whatever. You don't know shit about Haitian voodoo. So no, I'm just asking you. Like, <laughs> you're Haitian, you was in rage. Did you try that? Did route? I try what? I don't know shit about that. I don't know shit about that. Honestly, Haitian voodoo, voodoo period, spirituality yeah. period is not something. Like people don't understand, and I know that is glorified in these times where everybody is burning sage and yeah, lighting yeah. can't. All of that shit, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, is not something to fuck with. All right. And because I don't know about it, I don't fuck with it. You know all what right, I'm saying? Right. So yeah, it's in my culture or whatever. And it's really helpful to know about these things. Mm-hmm. But like, if you don't really, if you're not knee deep into the shits, you can't just dibble and dabble and be like, oh, this person did this to me and now I'm going to fuck with them. Because the karma, the karmic payback that you're going to have for that is crazy. It's, okay. it's sometimes it's deadly. Yeah, yeah. So you really need to be careful about that. So, so any I, of your men, do you ever did no Haitian voodoo? Oh, that's nah. Like, no? Nah. Nah, you can't. You can't do that. You can't right, do that. Right. You can't just, do that. Just making sure. And first of all, a lot of people do it. Black, white, Spanish, Spanish people especially, mm-hmm. um, and white people. Everybody does it because spirituality right now is like the thing that people are grappling towards because everything else doesn't fucking make sense in the world. Gotcha. Yeah. So. You know, even though like we live in a we're living in a feminine energy and, you know, where there's spirituality accessible to everybody and stuff. It's like you also have to take precautions because you, you don't know what type of energies you're 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 tapping into gotcha. as a newbie. So yeah. now nah, I don't believe in doing shit to people just because, oh, you did this to me. That's wild boy shit. Like, I don't know. Absolutely. You said you was in rage and you was petty. You know, I was, I like, was so. petty uh, in like a, a young girl type of way. Like I was petty. Like I would hit him up or I'd, you know, threaten him. Like you better give me this or whatever. Wow. 
or I'll, you know, I don't remember what I was saying, but I know I was petty as hell. And he was, he got, he got petty beat. Okay. (laughs) That dude is petty. Okay. I don't know if he is anymore, but back then he was petty as fuck. So he would just, he would just be doing shit like, yeah, you know, you can't get your music because I I own. He out pettied you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I was, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> how did you so you was depressed after this and how did you yeah. deal with the depression um it took me a minute i can't say that i ever dealt with it which is why it always played in the back of my mind i actually didn't get over this situation until what's the, this is 2020 this happened back in 2009 Sheesh. i know um, I didn't actually get over him and the entire situation until maybe 2015. Six years. 2016, later. 20, yeah, 2015, 2016. And how did you how did you get over the situation? Um how did I get over it? I started like picking up the pieces of my ego. <laughs> really? And I started to backtrack and it was just like, you know what? Why did this shit happen the way that it did? You know, why why did he do these things? More importantly, what did I do to provoke all of the situations that I was in with him? And it wasn't up until that I saw his ex-girlfriend that that shit me hit that shit hit me like a ton of fucking bricks when I realized that I had never taken responsibility. For that situation. Because I thought in my little ass brain at that time (laughs) that I could take one, I could take, I could go into a woman's house and take her man. It's a very Jamaican thing to say, (laughs) you know, even though I'm not Jamaican. Like you, you can go into another woman's house, take her man, and then think like, this is what life is going to be. I'm going to have him as I want him. And I never took responsibility for that. I never, I never said, Khadija, this shit was your fault. And then on top of that, the hardest thing for me to accept was that I plundered my own, my own career. I, I plundered the beginning of my fucking career because of my, my ego oh. and my beliefs at the time. Yeah. So that was very hard. So you live with regrets and that's I, li- that's I wouldn't say I lived with regrets because that was a very difficult lesson for me to to learn. Yeah. And I felt like I had to learn it that way. I had to really I had to go through that for me to appreciate not only what I have but also like I had to go through that to make me realize that the ways that I thought back then mm-hmm were fucking unhealthy. And had I stayed in the group with Mm y'all and we became, I don't know, these big, you know, house name, household names Mm -hmm. in the business, I would have squandered every single thing that I got because of my fucking ego Mm. and because of the way that I thought about things. I was very entitled, as you can see, or as you you know, experienced Mm -hmm. with me back then. Like I thought that shit was supposed to be given to me and there was nothing that I was going to work for. Mm -hmm. And so 
no, two years ago when I saw her, this was me kind of in the middle of my journey of healing basically my identity issues and me realizing that anything that I want for my life, I have to work for and I have to also be genuine and treat people right. And mm-hmm. there's no way that I can have what I want, have the success that I want, have the prosperity that I want, have the wealth that I want with me believing that I ain't got to work for it and that I could just take it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And your music career hasn't been the same since. You haven't did music. I haven't, really, yeah. It was because of the situation. It was because of that situation. But you didn't have, like, why you couldn't, like, all right, we all broke up as a group. Right. But we all did our own thing. Right, right, right. Why it didn't click in your mind, like, to just keep pushing forward? Because that situation played into... I want to say like my traumas, it made me feel, it made me self-conscious, mm-hmm. especially when I realized the shit was my fault. Mm-hmm. It made me extremely self-conscious. And I just was very fearful that if I started my music again, I would fail and lose everything. So that fear in my mind kind of disabled me from actually going after the one thing that I'm super passionate about. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been battling with that for a very long time. And, you know, on my journey, <laughs> my healing journey, that was something that I had to realize was like, I'm actually fearful that I will fail. But the fact of the matter is I'm going to fail, but it's like, what do you do in that failure? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are the things that I didn't understand years ago. And then I also blamed him for where I put myself. You blamed him all that time? I blamed him the whole motherfucking time. <laughs> blamed him. Like, he did this and, you know, he was the reason why I don't have X, Y, and Z. I never realized mm-hmm. that it was me. Yeah. It was me the entire time. Sheesh. Yeah. Oh, I just lost track. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like your confidence. How yeah. confident are you compared f- from before? Today, I'm extremely confident in what I know how to do and in who I am today. Yeah. I am the most authentic version of myself today. I'm the person that I connected to, I secretly connected to when I was younger, Yeah. just as an adult. So back then, I was more so, I wasn't confident because I didn't believe in my abilities. Uh-huh. And because of that whole daddy issues and not in that middle trial syndrome of not being seen, uh-huh. I never knew that it was okay for me to have dreams and to actually go for them. Yeah. And that I was worth the things that I dreamt about. That was another thing that kind of played into me not being able to fully step and do my music. It's like, damn, am I really worth what I want to do? Like, because mm. I want I want a lot of shit, but <laughs> yeah. like, am I worth it? Like, am I going to lose it? You know what yeah. I'm saying? All of these things used to play in my mind. And it's like, is my music even good enough? Is my voice good enough? And him being... 
I think that might play into into that too, is that he was one of the very first people that believed in me. Uh And so when this all went down, I lost a friend. I lost someone that I admired Uh just as who he is. I lost... (laughs) I lost the lover. (laughs) (laughs) Lost the studio lover. I lost studio. I lost music. I lost connections. I lost research. I lost a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And it was just based off of his relationship and me not realizing in my mind that I can't have what I wanted the way I wanted it like that. Mm -hmm. So. Man. Now. It's going to take a little turn. <laughs> but I had to reach out to him because yeah. when I found out you did the questionnaire and it was about him, <laughs> it caught me off guard, right? <laughs> so I had to reach out and he wasn't the happiest about mm-hmm. you uh, doing this podcast about him. Right. Um, but he had some questions for you. Oh. Yeah. You a sneaky, sneaky I, guy. I'm not sneaky. Oh, okay. But he has questions for you. Uh-huh. So he has three questions. So. Is this, you a fucking genie? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go with the first one. Yeah. It says, why has it, why has it taken 15 years, three whole boyfriends, and countless conversations about this very topic between her and I to bring her to the conclusion that she still needs closure and on a public forum, no less? Mm. I'm going to tell him first and foremost because... You know, um, nope, I'm not even going to take it there because I felt me getting mad. I felt no. So I'm not going to do that Um, because I'm just like, well, who the fuck is he talking to? But, you know, (laughs) but um, why did it take that? Well, first of all, if you know that you're on a journey to becoming a better person Uh and you're also going somewhere, you know, that is going to require you to be self-conscious, self-aware, and all of those things. You really do need to backtrack and see where did the old you get you currently. So being the fact that I knew him since I was a kid, Uh he was quote-unquote one of my very first loves, And he also tied into one of my very first loves, which is music. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm trying to go back to a life of music, I felt like I had to address where I fucked up Mm. and where I plundered my my opportunity to be somewhere else. Because had I stuck the course and stayed... On the business side. On the business side, I could have been very fucking far. That I know because I know I have the ability to create beautiful fucking music. Mm -hmm. So I had to address this part because not many people know this story. But this this has been like one of the most pivotal parts of my life. And he was a part of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I wanted to put our business out there. It just so happens that this is an opportunity for me to share my story about something that happened that was kind of traumatic for me, but it's more of like, I'm just trying to let it go and I'm trying to continue on that journey of healing and reinventing myself. So this being a public 
platform has nothing to do with him. I know he wants to make it about him, but it has really nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with me. Uh It just so happens that, you know, we know each other (laughs) and you know him. We know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of entangled a bit. Yeah. It's just that I found an opportunity to speak on something that is really important for me to say. Um, and really important for me to address, to address, especially when it comes to the music, especially being a female in the music business. Um, we gotta, I've seen a lot of situations where people are fucking for beats and there's a lot of situ, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a lot of weird things going on. Yeah. And I made a vow ever since that moment that I would never mix business and pleasure. Mm. Or if I was going to do it, I was going to make sure that, or in the future, I'm going to make sure that both of us are mature and that at the end of the day, we're getting this money regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... All right. Second question. <laughs> what is stopping her at this current moment from taking control of her career and being successful? And being that the answer to that question can't be me because I haven't <laughs> <laughs> because I haven't been involved in her life or career uh-huh. well for well over a decade. Yeah. Why she feels like it's decision made from her pre pubescent? I don't know that word. But pre-cubicent <laughs> uh-huh. life that are still holding her back. Okay, that is like, uh, what? Okay, hold on. What well, is Basically, the, at this current moment, what is stopping you? What is stopping me? Nothing is taking stop- over your own career. Nothing is stopping me. Because it ain't him. Let me make, let me make that a thousand that percent clear to, ooh, I was about to say his name, Bobby, but to everybody else. Absolutely nothing is stopping me at this point. And please believe nothing will fucking stop me. But I had to go through these moments. I had to go on that 10, 15 year hiatus to really understand my shadow behavior and how it fucked with where I wanted to go in life. So nothing is stopping me. It's just I had to go through my journey. And that's just where I'm at. I'm just... Addressing where, to. yeah, I'm yeah. just addressing where places that I have to address, close the fucking door, and I'm moving on. Got you. The last one, you probably you answered it already, but how does she feel like my involvement or non-involvement in her life is in direct correlation and has contributed to her success or failure? And why she puts so much responsibility for her life in the hands of other people? In the hands of other people. Um... You know, I, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm, (laughs) I feel like he's bothered by the fact that (laughs) (laughs) It's it's about him. So he's making these questions. Damn, you still petty, huh? Um, (laughs) (laughs) he's making these questions very personal. And the fact is, is like, Baby, I don't know you and you don't know me. So nothing is, first of all, like, he has nothing to do with my career. And the f- I, I don't know if he understands this, but I'm just addressing things that happen at the start of my music career. Yeah. And speaking on it because these are things that, one, I've never openly spoken about. Mm-hmm. 
and have never openly discussed nor have taken responsibility for. Gotcha. So had it been a conversation between me and my homegirls, it would have happened. It just so happens that this is the platform that I'm speaking on it. And it has nothing to do with him. Absolutely. I wish him, and I've said it to him, even though he's still kind of petty and he... He still kind of, I don't know, he still has weird vibes towards me or whatever. And I will say it to him, or I would have said it in front of his face, but I've said it to him online. Like, listen, you were such a blessing to me because you gave me an opportunity that nobody has given me before. Mm-hmm. And you were one of the first people to believe in me yeah. and actually cultivate the professionalism surrounding my 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 talent yeah yeah so i'm so grateful for him and i'm so grateful for our experience and as fucked up as it was towards the end i'm still so very grateful that i got to meet him and we formed a relationship because guess what i probably would have not met anybody Especially you. I probably would have never even met you. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even had the balls to go after my music professionally the way that I do now. And it's mm-hmm. because of that taste and that glimpse that I got when we first started. Mm-hmm. Now I'm fucking hungry. But I had to correct some parts of my character and my personality as well as, you know, the issues that I had in order for me to get to where I'm going. Yeah. So, I don't That's know. That's good. You're self-aware now. I'm a, th- I'm a thousand percent self-aware, and I wish that he would understand. I'm pretty sure he'll understand one day. I mean, you can't. Like, I don't know what his gripe is, but I don't have no gripe with him. We all moved on in life, and you can't fault him for viewing you in a certain light. I don't fault him. All right. I don't fault him. As a matter of fact, I give him the space to judge me how he wants. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like how people are judging August for telling the Jada story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's his truth. Yeah. And it was it was a part of a very pivotal point in his life. Mm-hmm. So it's not that he wants to shed light on her and make her look bad or anything or bring attention to that. I mean, I don't know because he got an entanglement song out. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But at the beginning, I thought you know. This is his truth. And he's just telling his story. And that's just what I'm doing. I'm telling my story. And if it rubs him the wrong way, I'm sorry. But, you know, that's that's between you and God. Like, I don't Mm. give a fuck about what you feel. (laughs) I'm telling my story. Hopefully you can understand. And if you don't, then, you know, it is what it is. I still think you're amazing. Mm -hmm. I still think he's amazing. I still want the very best for him. I still want him to fucking win. Mm-hmm. And I still want to see him prosperous and doing his damn thing yeah. authentically as him. But this is what I'm doing. And nothing about my story is for you to take it like it's against you. You yeah. just happen to be on my journey. And I'm just speaking on it. Got you. That was good. I thought it was going to be some man bashing and, and all this other no, stuff. No, and he probably thought the same too. Yeah. But it's not. But it's because, like, like I said, like, I don't know you and you don't know me. Obviously, you know, we've known each other since we were kids, but we're adults. I haven't 
really had a real conversation with him in many, many years. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't know me. Yeah. He don't know me. So. How did this relationship play out in your future relationships? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I never allowed anybody, anybody that I dated to be involved in my music. Mm. And one of the most important relationships I've ever had, that was one of our biggest problems, is because I just didn't, I couldn't involve him in my music and he wanted to manage me. Mm. I just couldn't do it because I was so scarred by the situation. And then just thinking like, you know, if me and him don't work out, he's just going to be like, man, fuck your music and just leave me (laughs) kind of out, you know, out and dry. So that is one of the ways that, you know, that kind of played into my future relationships. I just became very closed off and I didn't want to be vulnerable about my music with anybody because I know that if I explained why I was so scared to do music, I would have to tell that story and I never did. Mm. And so I just shied away from. So you held yourself back. I held myself back. Yeah. yeah. Man. I know. You ain't know none of this shit, no, right? No, I just thought you didn't want to do music anymore. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, let me leave Khadija alone. No, um, no. Music is so important to me. It's literally my first love. Like, everything about music. And this is why I got to go back to it. Yeah, yeah. Because this is, it's a part of my path. It's where I got to go if I want to get anywhere else in my life. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a God-given talent. Not only singing, but just being creative and being expressive. Yeah. So. If Bobby was here, uh-huh. what do you think he would say about you? In regards to what? Just your whole entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> or just you as a person. I honestly don't know what he would say. I really don't know because I don't know him today. I only know Bobby as he was as a kid and as he was in his early 20s and he's in his 30s so i don't know what he would say would you think he will consider you toxic probably back then he he yeah yeah but he would have to address his own toxicity too so like i don't think i mean but then again i don't know who he is today i don't know his Mm -hmm. character like that and back then, you know, he was very intellectual, very introspective. Mm-hmm. These are things that he would have addressed and would have openly and honestly said, you know, like, hey, you was being whatever, but I was being it too. All right. I don't know if that's who he is today, but I feel like back then he probably would have said, yeah, you know, you're toxic or whatever, but I did my shit too. Yeah, yeah. So, so being that you follow him on on social media we follow each other uh-huh what's your view how do you think he is today he's very okay he's always been very misleading like Mis- in the <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you was like er? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the sense of he doesn't put out who he really is mm-hmm. he just you get you get an image of he he creates the image of what you want to see online so uh-huh. 
judging based off of that, I don't, I can't say like what I see him as today, like, because he doesn't give that off. And I know it's purposely because he's very, he's a very private person, Uh especially with his private life. That's not something that everybody needs to know. Gotcha. So I wouldn't know how he is, who he is. I wouldn't know any of that. Do you miss him? Do I miss him? I love him. And I think he is an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. From what I've known, I don't know if he's the same person, but from what I've known, he he was an amazing human being. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he suffered from the same thing that I suffered from, which was questioning my greatness, questioning my talent, questioning if I'm even worth what I really want. And so, yeah, I miss him. I miss our, I miss our friendship. And I really, I still think that <laughs> if we were to do music, it would be fucking dope. Because we always, despite our issues back then, we always had a musical connection where we, would, we just got it. Yeah. And we just let it flow. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, dealing with the depression, have you had therapy? Have you spoken to anybody? Like. Um, yes, I spoke to, actually, yeah, I was seeing a psychologist. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I had posted a video of me performing on stage a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, that lady tricked me into getting on the stage. How she tricked you? <laughs> she mentally, she like mentally fucked me. Like she was like, cause I've been very, I was very, um, frightened to get on stage and to perform for whatever Mm. reason and one day she just was like all right imagine that you're on stage what's the worst thing that you like can can think of like as Mm. you being on stage I'm like I don't know I crack I don't sound good you know people boo me and then she's like and then what I'm like well I don't know that's really what it is she's like is that the worst that could happen I said, yeah, that is the worst that could happen. She said, that's not that fucking bad. (laughs) Really? Like, it's not that fucking bad. She's like, okay, if people boo you. Okay, if people, you know, don't like your song, you crack or whatever. You got to keep going so that you can get better. Yeah. Because the first couple times might be bad. Mm -hmm. And you just got to get over that fear of it's going to be perfect. And because I was somebody who was so critical of my own of my music and of my um projects and my art yeah that overthinking always disabled me from taking action towards what I wanted to do Mm. so what she ended up doing was telling me to be like fuck it and do it anyway don't even give yourself time to think just do it anyway and know that you're gonna fail period point blank but still do it she got you she she definitely got me so, yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of, with her help and just like, I don't know, going on YouTube, reading self-help, reading, yeah. watching self-help videos, watching self-help books, I guess. And also a lot of prayer. Yeah. Cannot forget about God, cannot forget about praying. But in the very toughest moments, that is what I leaned on. I leaned on prayer. Yeah. I leaned on faith. And them damn YouTube videos. Like I can't. <laughs> now, um, let's get a little deeper. Yeah. 
seeing everybody like progress in life. You see Bobby, you see myself, you see mm-hmm. everybody that was in a group progressing in life. Did you feel a way about that? Definitely. How did you feel? I felt like a failure. Really? Yeah. For how long? Very long time. Especially when I realized that that situation, like my hand in that situation, mm. it put me in a darker hole because I'm like, you know, everybody's moving. You could have been there too had you understood what you was doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would compare my journey to y'all's and, you know, compare myself. I still sometimes do because yeah. I'm human and I have my own insecurities. Um, yeah, I would compare y'all journey. I would compare where he is to where I am. But I got to a point where I realized that it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Because had I not gone through this hiatus from music, from from life period, and threw myself in a hole for me to fix my own damn issues, I could not be the person that I am today. So I had to go through that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a little late on the train and on the success train and being all out there, but I firmly believe that I'm going to be where I want to be. Gotcha. So. All right. Now, what was your biggest lesson learned from this situation? Oh, entanglement. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mix business with pleasure. Yeah. And I mean, I still kind of would, you know, because I'm a little on the wild side. I still would mix business with pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) But it would have to be something that is like, like it's my husband or yeah. it's my fiance, somebody I know is going to stick it out with me regardless of what stupid ass issue I have. And also the lesson would be <laughs> not to think that you can come take people mind. Like you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't do that. <laughs> and for all the side holes out there, the glorified side holes who think you could just go in and take people, man, you can't do it. You can't do it. Don't even do it. Okay. Because it is the worst fucking karma. First of all, you will never get what you want. You never get what you even what you, even if you get the nigga. Yeah. You're never fully gonna get what you want. So it's best not to even be so damn entitled. You know. Yeah. It's best not to even have that kind of mindset. Um, and the other, other, I guess lesson learned would be. <laughs> Let me see. There was something else. Mm, I forgot. Fuck it. <laughs> um, respect people's relationship and your ego was your downfall. You wrote that. Yeah. So the ego thing. E- it was. It was definitely ego driven. That was a lesson of, about my ego. Yeah. And about my entitlement. Um. And about music. Yeah. That was another okay. There were there it goes that you gotta work for it. You can't just think that the shit just gonna come to you and it's gonna be given to you on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. What I want for my life and what anybody wants, you gotta work for. That you gotta put true. in the fucking work, yeah. regardless of the circumstances. Put in the work and you're gonna have what it is that you want. That is true. Yeah. Yep. For somebody going through a heartbreak or a breakup, what's some advice you would give them? Not some. Just give me one. 
Because you would go over there. Go I know, because I run my fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, Advice somebody going through. Give yourself time. Time. You made time. Like, All right. Because when you're going through it, you don't think that you're going to get over it. Yeah. But really, you're going to get over it. So give yourself time. Be patient with yourself. Cry for a week if you have to. But promise yourself that you're going to get back up and try to have a better day. Just be patient and give yourself time. Got you. Got you. That's, yeah, that's, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Over time, that helps. Um, where is Khadija today? Are you dating? Because you, um, you went on a trip and somebody was taking these pictures. You Nobody said, was taking these damn pictures, Lemayne. Nobody. My name is Lama, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you annoying. Um, somebody was taking these pictures. They was about no, they six weren't. foot one, oh, I would say. Oh, my goodness. That was definitely a tripod, but whatever. Where I am today. Um, tripod of six one. You right. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily dating. You know, another I, entanglement? No, I'm not entangled. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm just keeping to myself because I'm really focused on what I'm trying to cultivate. And I can't do that with thinking or just being or just trying to <laughs> entangle with other people. <laughs> like I can't, I just feel like at this point, like I'm just, I'm focused on what I want to do because that's really important. Like I need to know that I bring something much more than my pussy to the table. Mm. Like, I got to bring... I know who I am. I know the power that I, I hold and I know that what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I'm more focused about proving that to myself and, you know, along the way, cultivating dope-ass relationships. Gotcha. And if I meet the man for me, that's just going to pipe me down. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I'm really proper, but I'm still from Bed-Stuy. Um, if I meet the man along the way, you know, who's willing to build with me and really us building with each other because I want to build a legacy. Like, I want to do amazing things. And so I got to get my shit in order yeah. for me to do that. So All I want right. to come with more to the table, basically. And that's what I'm focused on. That's Khadija Ooh, today. Okay. All right. Last but not least, the song you would like to dedicate to your <laughs> entanglement. Yeah. <laughs> um, to Bobby. Shit. To Bobby. I didn't really think about this. You put my boo. I, I don't fuck, know. Fuck, fuck, I did, I did. You know, I, I don't know what my, my which my boo is that. My boo, the oh Alicia that one, Keys, not yeah. the uh, and I, I think that that one. No, right? no, no, All no. Right. I thought it was that one. Nah, nah, nah. It's the the one with Usher and. Alicia Keys, because yep. it's basically saying that you will always be my boo. You will always be my boo, Bobby. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what about um, Assess by Mariah Carey? Wow, that's really disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably say that. Like, that was this his girl. song to you? Huh? That's his song to you, right? He probably would, <laughs> but like, boy, I ain't obsessed with you. I'm just telling a story. I'm mm. definitely over it. All right. Definitely over it. Wish you nothing but the best, though. Well, I wish you nothing but the best. And thank, thank you. you for coming all the way to the Bronx. Yeah, never doing that again. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. You live in West Bubblefuck, too. <laughs> but thank you for coming to the Bronx to do this in person. Of course. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for giving me the platform or giving multiple people the platform to tell their story. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that even though this may seem like 
people is just talking or whatever. No, this actually helps people. And yes. A lot and of people ex- can relate to certain stories. Yeah. yeah. And someone may relate to your story. Like, if yeah, somebody's in the music business. <laughs> <laughs> don't mix business with pleasure. Like, yeah. Just don't do it unless you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. So. Any last words? Where can people find you? Instagram. Um, My uh, Instagram handle is K-D-I-J-A underscore. I'm in the process of creating a completely different page for my music and for all the other things I'm about to get into. This one is private. So when I like put your cover art with your name, Instagram name on it, people can't see you. People can see me. It's just that they can't see my pictures. They're going to see the little icon. Why do you do that? I mean, because I'm still in the process of being who I am out front. You know what I'm saying? I'm still cultivating what I want to show. But people could add me. Like, so this is how you do it. You make a close friends list uh-huh. and put all your <laughs> shit in a close friends list. And that's yes. it. Keep your page open. You true, you true, you true. <laughs> and if you want people to really see your stuff yeah. in a close friends, charge them $5. What? Like an OnlyFans page. <laughs> well, I got to go. And thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. All right. Oh.